Thank you. The scripture reading for today is um, out of the book of John. Um, actually, John 1, 1 through verse 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him not anything made that was made. Was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world... And the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received, grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side has made him known. He has made him known. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you sent Jesus. Thank you that you have made Jesus known to us and he made you known. We ask this afternoon as we speak about Jesus that our hearts would be open to hear, to grow. Um, to deepen our affection for him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Taping. All right. We are beginning a series, a new series, um, today, which we've entitled Christ the Eternal Son. It comes from the title of a Tozer book, which is a, a, it's a wonderful book. Tozer is most probably my favorite author Christian author of all time. I've had that one a long time. The last series was called Life Together. We got that from Bonhoeffer. This one's from Toza. And we, this, we think it's going to be around about 12 weeks as we talk about Jesus. I don't know how you can stop talking about Jesus. We could talk about Jesus for all eternity. Um, I think... Th- at least in, in Brian and I's heart, there's this concern that Jesus has often been marginalized in a society and even within the church. He's become this fine fella, this nice guy that gave some teachings. And they, the teachings work, and we put them on our T-shirts, and we put them here, and we put them there. And as we talk about discipleship, it's like, well, we, we're following this guru, this master, this teacher, which is true. But in all of that, it's easy for us to forget that Jesus is Lord, that he's the one high and lifted up. 
And somehow in this set of teachings, we, we want to bring that back into view. We don't want to forget that the church exists because of Jesus Christ. God, man, and we'll cover some of that. Uh, we don't want to lose sight of that. So that's what we're going to attempt to do over the next 12 weeks. And I'm doing an introduction today, which I want, I feel totally and utterly inadequate. How do you introduce Jesus? How do you talk about Jesus? When we get to next week, which I think Brian's going to speak on the Trinity, which is so easy. I mean, everybody just gets that. (laughs) There's something specific you can hone in on, even though it's so mysterious and complicated. But this is an introduction, and I really struggle to put it together. So I'm acknowledging my absolute inadequacy today, and I feel infantile as I share these things. But hopefully something will come out of it. So how do I introduce Jesus? I thought, well, that would be a good way to actually... Talk about the subject. I want to introduce Jesus. Is that alright? And last night I I went onto YouTube and I decided to look at some introductions. I went and looked at one of my most favorite introductions that I've ever seen. Is when Springsteen inducted U2 into the Rock Hall of Fame. Has anyone ever watched that speech? It's worth watching. It is absolutely fantastic. It's insightful. It is clever. It is humorous. It's amazing. I thought, well, that's great for you too. How do I do that for Jesus? And then I went and watched um, John Stewart introduce Springsteen at the Kennedy Center Awards. It was hilarious and wonderful and just fantastic. And I thought... It still doesn't do it for me in trying to introduce Jesus. Who is this Jesus? You know, why did he come? What did he do? Where did he come from? Where is he going? How does my life connect to his life? Uh, I mean, what, how come he's so influential in some places, not in others? What's, this, what's his significance? Um, can I know him? There's so much about this Jesus that sometimes I think we've taken for granted and therefore we lose out and others we don't even want to think about. He's just this person off here when actually I think he's far more significant than that and he wants to be significantly involved in our lives. And you're all sweating. And so I'm I'm not going to keep this long. So how would I introduce Jesus to you? Could I introduce him theologically? And I can just give you a lot of theological jargon. You know, a lot of Bible verses. So this is how I wrote down some things. I was going to talk about Jesus, and I'm doing it from the personal standpoint. Really quick, this is how I would introduce Jesus. Well, in fact, he introduced himself to me first. In 1981. I went to a party. It's called the church. And I walked in, and I wasn't expecting to be introduced to anybody. I came to listen to some music and for some strange, miraculous, uncanny Jesus introduced himself to me. You know what happened at that introduction? Life changed forever. The trajectory of my life changed. Um, The reason I'm alive changed. Uh, I I saw Linda for the first time. Everything changed 
Because Jesus introduced himself to me. And it's, it's a, for me, it's a profound thing. I did not want to be introduced to Jesus. I did not go to that special gathering of celebrities so that I could meet Jesus. He found me. And that's the nature of this Jesus. He finds us. He's looking for us. You know, along the way, this Jesus, well, that night, he became Savior. I didn't even understand what that all meant. Later I did. And after that, he became a friend. He's someone I used to talk to quite a bit. In fact, I feel like I, talk, I spoke more to him then than I do now. After, you know, he, he actually dis, became Lord. It was realized, no, I, this is someone I want to respect. This is someone great. Uh, this is someone I want to emulate. This is, this is an amazing thing. Um, but only that he became a friend. When he kind of went silent on me from time to time, because, mostly because I did naughty things, I actually missed his voice. I missed that friendship. I missed the closeness. Later I learned that he hadn't gone anywhere. I had just closed the window. He was still there. But he became a friend. Um, and then he became a healer. Because he healed me of many broken things. Emotionally. And some of that's still going on. He, he brought healing into my life. Relationally. He added me to this incredible group of party goers called the church they became family he became someone I wanted to worship I wanted to give my affection to him I'm introducing you to this Jesus a little bit that I know about him but then something else marvelous happened not only did Jesus introduce himself to me but then he introduced me to his dad. You know how remarkable that was? I didn't have a dad. Well, I did. But he was not a nice man. And then he died. He's a horrible man. So I kind of grew up without this dad. Some of you know the story. But this man, God-man, Jesus, he said, no, let me let, meet my dad. And his dad became my dad. Do you know how amazing that is? His dad became my dad. That, that, that changed life forever. Because no longer could I be a lonely person. If I was going to be lonely, it was my own doing. It wasn't because someone else walked out on me. It wasn't because someone else abandoned me. It was because I would choose to walk out. Does it make you get that? This is the Jesus I, I, I want to introduce you to. And now, 36 years later, from that first introduction, he's led me well. He's not let me down. I've let him down many, many times. He's loved me well when I haven't loved him well many times. He's been consistent. This is the Jesus that we want to introduce. This is the Jesus that can come and change your life. This 
Jesus who wants to introduce himself to us every day in new ways, reveal something beautiful of who he is to us so that we can grow and mature and find the fullness of life. This Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life in abundance. How would you introduce Jesus to somebody? Have you ever thought about it? Think about it. Maybe at home group, that's something you, you could talk about. How would you introduce Jesus? Little parenthesis, Thomas. I did my DNA test. I have Scandinavia in me. Just want to let you know, okay? But we have a connection. Let me read you four other introductions that other people made about Jesus. How they introduced Jesus to other people. The first is from the book of Acts. And this is from... No, I'll start in, actually in, in, in back in, in the Gospel of John. John chapter 1. Um, this was his cousin. You know, John the baptizer was Jesus' cousin. And so he came along and said, Well, let me tell you about my cousin... I'm going to read from verse 29. The next day he saw Jesus coming to him and, and said to the disciples that were around, that were following John the Baptist, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and I have borne witness that this is the Son of God. How's that for an introduction? Good one. And then Jesus got a band of merry men, something like Robin Hood. And one of those band of merry men, his name was Peter. And he was an impetuous fellow. He tried to do all sorts of things that were out of the, the realm of what we're supposed to do, like walk on water, cut off ears, all sorts of things. But later, he comes to introduce Jesus. He becomes comes from this place of the Holy Spirit, which is other introduction that Jesus made to me. He comes and introduces this Holy Spirit to Peter and the disciples. And Peter gets up and gives a talk. And in the middle of that talk, he says this, starting in verse 22 of Acts chapter 2. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus, not any Jesus, this Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. I'm just for time, I'm going to jump to verse 29. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he, is bo that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day. 
Being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus, this one, God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him, this Jesus, both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. How's that for an introduction? This Jesus is both Lord and Christ. That's a good introduction. Along came another fella, very clever guy. He's a theologian, raised in the ways of the scribes and the Pharisees, trained under Gamaliel. He also came to give an introduction about this Jesus. His name's Paul. Turn to the book of Colossians. As we do this, as we go through these introductions, a few of them, think about how would you introduce Jesus? Because essentially being a witness in evangelism is introducing someone. To Jesus, how would you do it? Colossians 1, starting in verse 15. Paul saying this, He, this Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him, and He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. How's that for an introduction? I want to introduce you to this man in whom all the fullness of God dwells. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. He is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. How's that for an introduction? He is the preeminent one above everyone else. Can we do one more? Another introduction. This is from an unknown guy. Don't know. He did write a good letter. We call it the letter to the Hebrews. We don't know who, who wrote it. It's how he introduced this Jesus. Long ago, chapter 1 verse 1, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in his last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he, this same Jesus, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. This Jesus, he, is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. How's that for an introduction? 
Isn't this good? This is the Jesus we want to talk about. Um, this is an important person. He's an important person in time and space and before and after time and space. This is Jesus, this one. Not anyone, this one. We are talking about a very, very specific person. Jesus Christ, the eternal Son. And over the next weeks, we want to unpack some of those things. Uh, things like, I wrote some of them down here. We want to look at the pre-existent Jesus, the Jesus before creation. What did that look like? We want to look at Jesus in creation. We want to see Jesus as prophet, priest, king, the high apostle. Jesus as friend, healer, brother. Jesus rooted in Old Testament promise and prophecy. Jesus, the, the warfare of the kingdom and the cross. Uh, Jesus, Lord and Savior, fully human, fully God. Those are, those are mighty topics. Books written on each one of those. Nuances of those, and we're going to try to do it in 12 weeks. But out of that, we want to lead into a series on the kingdom, the rule, the government of God. What does that look like for us? The Bible says the government shall be upon his shoulders. What does that look like for us? How do we connect to that? So let's go back to this text that we started with right at the beginning, John chapter 1, and you, um, I, I'm not going to be long. And I'm not going to read the whole thing again. I'm just going to look at two sections. Just to help us understand something about this Jesus um, that we are wanting to talk about. This Jesus that we have committed our lives to. This Jesus that we have chosen to follow. This Jesus who introduced himself to us. What does he look like? And in this text of John 1, 1 to 18... You could study that for a lifetime and unpack incredible truth, amazing things. Just look at two of them. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. I mean, how powerful is that? It refers us back to Genesis 1. In the beginning, God. I love those four words. In the beginning, there was God. This one tells us, in the beginning, there was God, and Jesus was there. He was the Word of God. <coughs> How powerful is that? This is not a, a Jesus to be trifled with. This is not a Jesus to mess around with. This is Jesus, Son of God, God Himself. The Word. Through Him, everything comes into being. You exist. I exist because of Jesus. Why do you think He takes such an interest in us? Why do you think He's so determined to introduce Himself to us? Why? Because He brought us into being. And somewhere along the way, through a whole bunch of things, being seduced by a snake, we found ourselves... Out of fellowship. Let's look at verse 14 and verse 18. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 18, no one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Isn't that amazing? That in this incarnation, Jesus has made God known. So when we want to introduce Jesus, we want to introduce Jesus as the Jesus who can be known. Why? Because He incarnated and showed us. He wanted to be known. We're going to talk about that. This is not the obscure Jesus. This is not the Jesus in the high by and by eating pie in the sky. This is the Jesus that is God who revealed God by coming as a human. One of the first books I got given when I was introduced to Jesus, when Jesus introduced himself to me, was a, a very deep book called Knowing God by J.I. Packer. Has anyone read it? I, I, someone gave it to me and I still have my original copy. It's falling apart. And I began to read it and realized that I was too stupid to read this book. <laughs> 36 years later, I'm getting a bit of a handle on it. I've read it a few times now and it's deep. It's, it's beautiful. J.R. Packer says this in one little section, and I'm paraphrasing what he said, otherwise it'll just be long. There are some great truths and mysteries about Jesus that confound humanity and they separate him from everybody else, from every other religion. He says this. The Good Friday message of the atonement it separates us from any other fella or lady or group or religion. But it's a deep mystery. For people, it doesn't make sense. What about the Easter message of the resurrection? That even makes less sense. But actually the one that is most mysterious of all, what came before that, it was the Christmas message of the Incarnation. That this God, from all time, got born as a human being. How mysterious is that? We're going to talk about that a little bit too. Because without that, we don't get the atonement. Without that mystery of the atonement, we don't get the resurrection. Without the resurrection, we don't get the ascension. Without the ascension, we don't get the Holy Spirit. Without that, we're screwed. But God had a plan in Jesus. He wants to make himself known to us. Not only once when you got saved... But ongoing, he wants to show us more and more about God. Being with God in eternity in the place we're going to call heaven, in God's space, in God, is going to be the continual unfolding of who Jesus is and who the Father is and the mystery of that for all eternity. That's how glorious is our God. But Packer goes on to say, there's some other great mysteries tied to this man Jesus. The plurality of persons within the unity of God. We call that the... Trinity, pray for Brian. He's got to speak on that next week. We drew straws because, no. 
That's a mystery, but what about this one? Packer says, the union of Godhead and humanity in the person of Jesus. That's also a great mystery. That this Jesus was fully God and fully human. That's a deep mystery. Without that, none of the other parts work. It just grinds to a stop. Now, I just want to, I want to make this statement. When you hear all of that, please, please, there's no ways we can say things like, Jesus is my homeboy. It's an offense. He's not our homeboy. He is our friend. Deep friend. But he is the Lord at the same time. He is worthy of fellowship and sharing your deepest needs. But he is also worthy of the greatest worship. Let's not reduce him to something he's not. Let's not forget he is human. And he will forever have his humanity. But he's God. In this little book, Christ, the Eternal Son, Tozer says this. He says in John chapter 1, verse 14, which we read, John the Baptist says, We have seen his glory. Tozer says this. If a man is a good man, through and through a good man, and has no power to perform a miracle or any great work, he would still be one of God's most valued treasures. God would write his name on his own hands, for it is in goodness that God, it is goodness that God is looking for. So it was the very person and character of Jesus that was glorious. It was not only what he did, but what he was. What he did was secondary. What he was in his person was primary. Brethren, there can be no argument about Jesus Christ's glory. His glory lay in the fact that he was perfect love in a loveless world. That he was perfect purity in an impure world. That he was perfect meekness in a harsh and quarrelsome world. There was no end to his glory. He was perfect humility in a world where every man was seeking his own benefit. He was boundless and fathomless mercy in a hard and cruel world. He was completely selfless. He was completely selfless goodness in a world full of selfishness. How good is that? This is the Jesus that we want to talk about. This is the Jesus that we want to give our lives to. You'll be happy to know we're now in the conclusion. Let's go to Acts chapter 4. That's what Peter says about Jesus. They were involved in seeing this man healed. They prayed for a man to be healed in the name of Jesus. And... um, They get arrested and people don't like what they're doing. And Peter says this in chapter 4, I'll read from verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today... Now, let me stop. 
If you do and be obedient to what Jesus has asked you to do, there is a likelihood that you could find yourself in the presence of influential people who will ask you to give an account and then you can introduce Jesus. Make sense? We've got to be ready for that. It might not happen. It's no promises. But it could. Peter, a nothing person, a fisherman, a dirty, smelly Galilean who spoke with a funny dialect that was easily recognizable as like the outcast, the hillbillies, the backwater people, smelly. This guy is now standing in front of the influential people of the day and they're questioning him and he does these things. Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and then I like he gets a dig whom you crucified, uh, you, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. Notice what he says. He doesn't say, in the name of Jesus whom you crucified. He makes it very specific who we're talking about. The name of Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, meaning Messiah. He's from Nazareth. And that's got everyone confused now. The Messiah is from Nazareth. What the heck comes out of Nazareth? Whom you crucified and God raised from the dead. By this man, by him, this man is standing before you well. This Jesus. Don't you like the continually, this Jesus? Very specific. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you. The, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. When you were building, you forgot about the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. How's that for a, a statement? How's that sticking a finger in the face of the religious leaders? It's powerful. So in the light of that, three things. Colossians 128, Paul says, it's him we proclaim. When we have opportunity to proclaim, proclaim him, this Jesus. Not the homeboy Jesus. Not what, this Jesus, this one that's revealed, this mighty one. Him we proclaim. In Hebrews 3.1, the writer says, consider Jesus. We need to consider this Jesus. The effect that he has on our lives, on our community, and the way that we interact with our world. We have to consider this Jesus. And the writer of the Hebrews says later in chapter 12, we need to look to this Jesus. Because it's through this Jesus that we have life, a quality of faith. It's in this Jesus. Peter started out, whoever he was, struggling. And Jesus let him fail so many times. All those things. And he grows and grows and grows. And Jesus loves him and Jesus loves him and he comes to this and he can stand up and to the rulers of the day and said, no, let me tell you about this Jesus. First to the multitude, he introduces Jesus. Then in the Sanhedrin, he speaks about this Jesus directly and poignantly and describes him clearly. 
and that we are called to proclaim him we are called to consider him we are called to look to him essentially what Christianity offers us it's not a set of principles it's not a set of theologies it's not even a lot of Bible verses what Christianity offers us is the person of Jesus Christ him alone and in the words of whoever wrote that song he is enough and if he isn't it's the wrong Jesus we connected to Brown.